listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Win championships, you've got to have a championship organization. Rexel, what a pass to Anders. A king follows. Branch fires, he converts. Rhymes again. Pull up three in transition for Angela Harris. Jerome says not tonight, not in Houston. What's good and welcome to another episode of Pod Slammer Jamma presented by Apollo Media, all H-Town, all original. I am one of your hosts, Dayon Dunlap. I've covered UH Sports since 2016. I was an intern and now upon graduation, I started working as the color commentator for all of the women's home basketball games. And But it's football season. I've been covering the football team, like I said, since 2016. I also do some play-by-play for Texan Live and fight for some high school. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Dayon Dunlap. That's at D-A-Y-O-N-D-U-N-L-A-P. And I'm going to toss it over to my co-host so he can introduce himself. What's good, y'all? My name is Greg Goods. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo H-O-U as well as hitting the, the, the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. So with it being football season, we're continuing our talk on the Houston Cougars football program. They're coming off a blowout win in which they blew out Grambling, which we all anticipated. And their next matchup against another team that's kind of been struggling, Navy, in which we'll talk more about them. But we're going to start on the offensive side with Houston. And um, and last game uh, against Grambling, it was, it, was, it was a good it was a good game, per se. I mean, you put up 45 points as a quarterback change. So, I mean, we got to start there. That was the most notable. And we know Clay Toon was kind of coming off of entry or a game where he got nicked up a little bit against Rice. He played, I believe it was one series, maybe one or two series. I can't remember exactly. I think it was one or two series he played, and then he kind of pulled himself out after taking the hit and did not return. Then Ike Agbagu got the nod, and he came in for his first drive and threw a touchdown pass to Tank Dell in the red zone. Well, what did you see from the offense in that game against Grambling that you feel like they may be able to take and carry over in the next game against Navy? Um, what I was seeing pretty much in the game, um, they started off kind of slow. Um, both teams did, but um, it seems like once they started getting a nice little run game going, they was able to just kind of um, air things out and, and, and space things out, and it was it was making it better for the quarterback once that run game got a little bit better. Um Especially those short passes, those digging that um, these digging that plays to get you those first down and and that momentum. So going into Navy, I think they can go ahead and 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 go into the transitions. I think that's that's the best way um to go about it with that. And you, I mean, you touched about some that I, um I talked about in the last game was the run game, especially with Grambling uh, kind of struggling and then Rice. They did a good job running the ball against Rice, but I felt like against Grambling it'd be a chance to really focus and hone in on the run game. And they did that with the freshman running back, Alton McCaskill. He was the first 
freshman running back to have over 100 yards since, I believe, since 2016. Mm-hmm. And he looked really impressive. 18 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Coach Hogerson talked about his versatility and his ability to be a three-down back. I mean, I've been really impressed. Everyone raved about this kid and his potential and how he really doesn't really look like a freshman. And I, and I think that's something that Houston is going to have to continue to do, run the ball, be a balanced offense. I know they run this spread attack with Coach Dana Hogerson, but I, I think the balance on the offense, especially if Ike or whoever continues to play quarterback, whether it's Ike or Clayton, I think both quarterbacks will um, will um, bode well from having a running game. Tajon Henry um, got going late in the second half, nine carries for 42 yards. He also had a, a, a touchdown as well. Well, from an offensive perspective, what what would you like to see? Because from it looks like the defense is the strong suit, but with Ike and that quarterback who, um, as Clayton continues to bounce back from injury, what, what would you like to see from the offense just to continue to do? I know you just mentioned some things. I mean, before um, you answer that, Tank Dell has been the go-to receiver, man. Eight catches, 134 yards, two tugs. I like how they spread it around a little bit. Um, Jake Herslow got a couple um, targets, but not only being a balanced attack, I think they must continue to develop more receivers because as they get into conference play, like they are with Navy and some of the better teams, they're going to look to tank away Tank Dell. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, what's been the biggest surprise um, has been the defense. We'll talk about that in, you know, a little bit later in the next segment. But what I would like to see from the offense is pretty much consistent play. If you go back from even the Texas Tech game on week one, um, they came out very strong. And then after that, was not able to put up any more points um, in that second half. So they have the potential, as much as they spread the offense out, they have the potential to be a very good offensive team. They're just not um, as consistent as I would like them to be. If they can, if they can play a full, you know, four quarters of, of football, I think this team is going to be surprisingly good. Um, but it's all about consistency on the offensive end, and it seems like the defense is taking care of their business um, as much as they can. I mean, that's a you, you hit that nail right on the head. I think consistency, because like you mentioned, against Tech, they had the fast start, and then Boulder kind of tailed off in the second half. Against Rice, you had this strong start, and it kind of tailed in the um, second quarter. They picked it back up in the third. And against Gremlin, it, it was a good, but that's a, a opponent that you would really expect to dominate. So against Navy – who a team that has struggled offensively. So I think defensively, I think they'll continue to bowl well. But offensively, I, I agree with everything you just said. I, I think it's continuing to be more consistent. And we got a chance to speak with, with the city center, Cody Russi, during the media availability this week. We got a clip from him. Let's check out what, what he had to say. You guys, particularly you, want to um, continue to co-work, to communicate among the offensive line to help that chemistry that you just spoke about? We, we're kind of building week on week. Uh, you know, as new things come, we might have to add some stuff. But I think the communication has been good. It's just execution. So, you know, we're all, for the most part, on the same page. We had a couple misassignments and stuff like that, but it's more, uh, you know, execution. And, like, last week it was – you know, everyone's going to be by themselves. So you got to win for one-on-one. And uh, obviously, sometimes we didn't do that. But uh, we just got to continue 
you know, getting better individually and then coming together as a team. And it's all my job to make sure that everyone knows what to do, where to go, all that stuff. And that was center Cody Russi, who just talked about it was his responsibility to kind of continue to let that O-line gel. And we we heard head coach Dana Holgerson kind of talk about the offensive line and the pressure that they've been allowing um, the quarterbacks to face. And you just heard Cody Russi talk about it there. What do you think about his comments? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Um, everything is, is a building process. It's taken week by week. Um, um, every every game is going to be a different game. I do like what the office line is doing. Um, it doesn't seem like our quarterbacks are, you know, rushing to make decisions. Um, that, you know, there's a good pocket presence um, whenever, regardless if it's Clayton Toon or anybody else that's behind that offensive line. It's, I think it's all about, you know, Continue, continuing that chemistry going into conference play. Uh, I mean, I'm actually just pretty proud of what the offensive line is, is doing in general. For sure. And I, I think it also goes into decision-making, like you said, because Clayton Toon has turned the ball over so much. And so I, I think staying on schedule as far as not getting behind the, the down and distance, how um, we see in a lot of games and enforcing obvious passing situations, but as an offense as a whole, especially under the head coach Dana Hogson, we kind of expect Houston to have that high power offense because that's what we had in the past. And that's kind of his um, moniker as far as being a, a tremendous, outstanding coach. And so, I mean, I, it's a lot of truth to what Cody just said. And, and I like that from a leadership perspective. He, he's a senior who played a lot of football a transfer. And so uh, I'm just really liking the messages that I'm hearing from the players and the players are echoing the same message that you really hear from the coaches. And so on the offensive end against the Navy, who a team who is owing to they're struggling. And with Ike being able to get some experience in, I think, and build to bode well, that will bode well for his confidence going forward against Rice, just from a receiver perspective, I mean, Tank Dell really looks as good as advertised. I think he definitely is a number one receiver. But from a passing attack, what what do you feel like Houston needs to continue to develop other receivers, whether it's Jeremy Singleton, whether it's um, Trey Hand, a tight end, Seth Green, or other tight end? I think they're going to need other weapons on the outside to step up. Yeah, I definitely agree um, that it needs to definitely be a balanced um, passing uh, a passing galore when you talk about um, our receivers, especially when you're talking about Jeremy, because you said, um, as you said recently, um, as we get into conference play and, and getting into more, you know, football teams in our conference, especially, you know, teams like Cincinnati, they're going to lock things down. They're going to, you know, they're going to double. They're going to make the adjustment. So the, this is the time now to gel and go into, you know, seeing what, what you know what these other receivers have to offer and giving them chances and, and spreading it out and, and not um being predictable um in your passing game and um you know and making the uh you know opposing defense respect the run and I think they have all the tools to do that for them. And with the looking at the schedule and we we talked about this in previous episodes in which with this schedule, it's a very favorable schedule. You just mentioned Cincinnati is like the upper echelon here in the American Conference. If we do play them and we have a good year, it would be in the potentially in the American Athletic Conference game. And so as good as Cincinnati is, like everything you said is right on point. 
I think you have to continue to develop those other receivers because once you you play the two lanes and Tulsa just had a really good game against Ohio State, we have them after Navy. And just some of the other teams in our schedule, I think you're going to have to be prepared when you when you face like a Cincinnati potentially. And I think the schedule is so favorable. I'm expecting Houston to be in the American Athletic Conference game and, and just like they were just – named going into the Big 12, they're going to get the best shot from the rest of these schools in the AAC because they won the opportunity to prove that they can not only beat Houston, but beat what's now is going to be a Big 12 school. So I can't wait to see what the offense continues to do. And we, and we have another clip to get to. We just mentioned whichever quarterback we actually asked um, Cody Russi. Is it a difference between the two quarterbacks, whether it be Clayton and whether it be Ike, as far as the chemistry standpoint? Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Voice in the quarterback make a difference as far as the chemistry, and particularly you. What, what kind of thing do you do to make sure you have chemistry with whoever is behind the center? No, I did a great job. He uh, led the offense good. Uh, you know, I just I try to make sure he has the confidence. You know, talk to him, tell him. Hey, you know, good job, good job. Uh, that wasn't your fault on that throw, or you know, if we're getting pressure, hey man, like just sit in there, trust us. So I'll get the O line right. Just make sure you know he has confidence because coming in as a backup quarterback, I know that has to be a ton of pressure, a ton of stuff going through his mind. I just try to make sure he has confidence. Let let him know that I have him back. That was senior defense. Offensive lineman Cody Russi, Greg, what did you think about those comments as far as the chemistry you just talked about between playing with two different quarterbacks? Um, first of all, I think I I actually like the chemistry. Like I like the chemistry of the overall football team. I think um, when Dana first got here, um, when Damon Hogan first got here as head coach, I think um, it was just a lot of you could just tell that this season is, you know, he, you know, these are all of his guys. These are his guys. And, you know, these are the guys that he picked and it, it shows because now this locker room looks a lot more together than um, of recent seasons. I think everybody's on the same page. I like the comments that he says um, about Ike. Um, I think that it's very valid that they, you know, are definitely giving them the confidence because, you know, after Clayton Toon, um, hopefully if there's no other, you know, signings anything he's going to be up next and um he has a lot of promise so giving him that confidence and continuing to give that uh, young quarterback confidence is very key into that development um of a quarterback especially with the quarterbacks we've had in the past um it's not this you know it's not like we're we're used to having just you know straight traditional quarterbacks um coming right. in for us, it's normally somebody that's a wide receiver that's you know compromised into a quarterback. We just make something happen, and we just athletic to just power through things. Um, so to develop an actual quarterback, um, and you know that's a traditional quarterback, that confidence is key off rip, and I think they're doing a good job with that. Without a doubt. And how long of a leash do you feel like they should have on Ike? If Clayton comes back healthy, maybe they keep him out this week and the next week. But when Clayton is healthy, if Ike is playing well, he picks up a win against Navy, then potentially in their game against Tulsa after that. Do you feel like they should stay with the hot hand, potentially Ike? Or do you feel like they should go back to Clayton whenever he's healthy? Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, football is a business, man. I think 
that if you have that hot hand, feed that hot hand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. I, I don't I don't think going back and forth, there's never been a successful um, you know, team that pretty much, you know, you know, used everything that they had by going back and forth between quarterbacks. I think if there's a hot hand, feed that hot hand until, you know, it's not hot anymore or it, it could carry you over. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, Clayton Toon has had his time. You know, he's he's been here for, for a hot little bit. Um, so that next man up mentality, if you give that if you give that quarterback that confidence and you, you know, I just think as I'm talking as a fan, you just gotta let him rock. Gotta let him rock. I agree for sure. And in just a moment, we're going to talk more about the defense. We got some comments from defensive coordinator and associate head coach Doug Belk. We'll continue on here in our next segment here in just a moment. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And continuing on here at Pod Slam Gemma, presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. Um, going in, going straight in, uh, we'll go ahead and, and talk um, with defensive coordinator Doug Belt um, just about the defense. Uh, so here's a clip of that. Um, you know, our guys want to emulate that with the success that those guys have had. And, you know, when you look at recent success, um, and then you look at things in the past, you know, our guys want to represent University of Houston, but most, most importantly, they want to represent where University of Houston is at. So some of the players kind of, I talked to a few of them um, as I took over. We wanted to have a brand that we rode for. You got to earn the right, you know, to be a part of this team. You got to earn the right um, to, to talk about being part of the third world defense. So use the word ruthless as we like to use. Um, and then obviously the standard is the standard for, for all of that. So we want to have something to play for. And if we don't exceed those expectations, um, then, then we, we can take some things away. We have things in place that as a reward system that we do for players at game guys who play really well so we're going to continue to do that and I think you know having that brand and having that um, having something that stands for and not only does it does it build the team um, and it builds the defense you know in the way that we want to prepare a lot of it is a mindset so if you don't have that mindset to go out there and dominate your opponent and be ruthless then um, that's not what we stand for so we'll continue to build and I think our guys have enjoyed it um, but you know having something to, to stand on it's very important. It's kind of the foundation of our defense right now. That was defensive coordinator and associate head coach Doug Belk on the moniker that they're using this year, third ward defense and bringing back that tough, hard-nosed defense that Houston has had in the past. I also just talked about them using the word ruthless. They want to play with ruthless energy getting to the football and that's really what I've seen from the football team particularly the defensive side that defensive line has relentless energy getting to the quarterback and obviously obvious passing situations they've been able they've been able to get to the quarterback and pressure the quarterback and get sacks without having to bring pressure and not only that that helps on the back end with your linebackers and um, your defensive back. So I've written, I've been really impressed with defensive coordinator Doug Belt and really just the overall message that he's um, been 
putting out not only to us, the media, but only throughout this entire team. Some of his linebackers and captain like Donovan Newton just raved about how, how good their Doug Belk is as far as not only as a coach, but being personable, relating to the players as a person, having taken this coach um, hat off and just talking to them as a man to man. And I, I think that all that adds to the field and makes the players want to play even harder from the defensive coach. Throughout these first couple of games, what have you seen from the defense? And, and what's your thoughts on what you just heard from Doug Belt? Um, so, first of all, shout out to Doug Belt. He's been doing an amazing job since he got here. Um, my first reaction to the defense um, and the defensive culture, you know, my first my first reaction was, okay, um, you know, this man, you know, it's a culture change. He's trying to change the culture for real and, and give us, a, you know, hard no defense. But as I, you know, sat there and thought about it, it it's not a, it's not much of a culture change as much as it is bringing the culture back. As you talk about the third ward D and, you know, the great defensive players that we've gotten out since, you know, back in 2015, back in 2016, these past couple of seasons, uh, we haven't been the best on defense. We'll score 55 you know, close to 60 points, 45 points, and still lose ball games. So these past couple games, um, keeping, you know, keeping the defense in there, even playing, you know, a strong Texas Tech team and, and only giving up 31 points compared to, you know, what, you know, what we normally would give up. Um, this is a huge improvement. Um, the chemistry is great. Uh, I am definitely impressed with the secondary because I feel like that was one of our, our weakest um, parts of our defense. Um, these past um, couple seasons. So, you know, to see the secondary do what they have to do, seeing the linebackers, um, when it comes to the defensive line, I just want to make sure during conference play that we're still getting to the quarterback like, we, like we're doing to, you know, these non-conference players and these non-conference teams. Um, but I, I, I'm raving about this defense. This, this defense is, you know, getting me excited because now the offense doesn't have to work as hard um, to put up points and win football games. And in every game this season, they've been able to get sacks on the D-line. David Anini had a sack last week, as well as Latrell Bankston, who's actually um, leading the team in sacks from the defensive tackle position. Know how hard that is to do it from the inside, but he's been able to do that as well. So not only that, I think it, 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 Coach Belk talks a lot about the depth. And the depth that they have this year definitely sticks out. They can rotate in 10 strong from their defensive line and not have any drop-off. So that's been really impressive as well. And I really like that Monica third-ward defense, man, that ruthless defense. And we, we know Coach Belk's history as far as he was there in Alabama, seeing so, you know, all that talent, her um, – Coach Saban do it, and he's arguably the best to do it right now. And so I think he has Houston on the right track. And just looking at Navy, they've struggled. They're 0-2 right now, and in their first two games, they've given up 49 points to Marshall and 23 points uh, um, to Air Force. But offensively, they only scored seven points against Marshall and three points. So that's, it's going to be three weeks in a row that they're going to face offenses that struggle to score um, the football. And like I just mentioned, Navy, but Navy, as we know, they run that triple option offense. And that's something that you rarely see in football. It can give defense some trouble because you only see it like once a year because not many teams just run that system. And so Doug Beck also talked about some of the challenges facing that triple option attack at Navy. Let's see what he had to say about that. 
is more in the style of rice. Um, but you know, the triple option offense is very good for most of the team. Uh, they can they can beat you in a lot of different ways. It's all about discipline. Um, they pride themselves on being physical at the line of scrimmage. And um, you know, they're, they're tough, smart with a coach team. So, you know, regardless of um, how we played in the past, it's a whole different challenge for us. So uh, we're really just focusing on, on you know, eye discipline and being physical at the line of scrimmage. You cannot simulate the speed of the game when it comes to the option. You know, so we got to be detailed in our approach and we got to make sure that we have the right hats get to the ball and people in the right place. If not, it's very easy to get exposed. To, you know, they have a, a head coach who's won 100 games. He's, he's been running this offense for a long time, so they always find creative ways uh, to attack you, and they seem to have an answer for everything that you do. So, you know, having having some change-ups, having the ability to be in the right place at the right time is going to be very important for, important for us. Uh, and winning on early downs is very important as well because, you know, if they get going, it's very difficult to stop them. Uh, and they dominate the time of possession at times. That was defensive coordinator Doug Belk on some of the challenges it's going to be facing that triple option attack that Navy runs. What are your thoughts from what you just heard from Doug Belk? Um, with Doug Belk, um, you know, he's, you know, he's admitting, he's admitting that, you know, they are a well-coached team. Um, this is a conference, you know, this is a conference opponent. Um, so, you know, it's not to, you know, taken lightly, but, you know, being 0-2, that also means something too. So I just believe that our defense is is a lot more disciplined than they you know normally been these past couple of seasons, and I think it'll be a great matchup because um, this is a you know a physical team. Um, Navy known for being physical as well as Memphis is um, in the past. Those are always those two that will you know get physical with you, um, make it a you know a you know a tough win for you. So you know if they if they play how they've been, you know, normally playing and adjusting when needing uh, when needing to. I think, you know, Doug Bell can get this um, stuff done on the, on the defensive end. Without a doubt. And it's going to be uh, another second consecutive home game for Houston, their home game, which was last week that they played against Gramlin. And now they'll have Navy coming in. And that's going to do it for this segment. In just a moment, we're going to have our previews and our expectation. We're going to give our thoughts on what we think the outcome against Navy will be. We'll give prediction scores. Uh, I was actually on point in which I predicted that Marcus Jones would have a punt return for a touchdown against Grambling, and he actually did that. So in just a moment, we'll give some predictions and things that we feel would happen against Navy. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. And continuing back on here with Pod Slam Jamma, um, going into final predictions. Uh, Dayon, uh, what is your final prediction for this upcoming game against Houston versus Navy? I got Houston. They're going to put up 40 points for back-to-back weeks. I got the final score being 42 to Navy's 10. I think Navy's going to put up maybe 10 points maximum, but it's going to be a lopsided blowout. I'm expecting the defense to come out and get a few few um, 
three and outs to start this game, and 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 I'm expecting um, Ike. I, I think he should get the start. I think he will get the start, and I'm expecting a coming out party for Ike. I know he had a, um, a okay game, but I, I feel like with a lot of more reps at practice this week with the first team, he just continue to build more chemistry, build more confidence. I think he'll continue his strong play. I think we'll see a little bit more from him. I, th- I think he's similar, to, just like Clayton, a dual threat. But I, I, I think the main thing that we'll watch from him is can he not turn the ball over? Clayton Toon, that's been the knock on him since he's been here. He's turned the ball over. The four interceptions against Tech, the interception um, last week against Gremlin. And so I think Ike doesn't have any turnovers. He has a strong game, throws for him. Over 275 yards, I would say maybe two or three touchdowns. And somebody other than Tank Dell, Tank Dell gets one touchdown, but another receiver steps up um, as well today. What, what do you see? What's your prediction for the game against Navy? Oh, well, my prediction against Navy, I have Houston 35, Navy 14, mainly going to be 35-7 when I feel like they'll squeeze in the touchdown and them garbage on the time minutes on towards the end of the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a coming-out party. I expect a coming-out party um, for Ike. Um, I think the main focus when evaluating these quarterbacks is, like you said, um, ball security, um, not turning the ball over, um, limiting, you know, just, you know, giving up lazy plays like that and, and just giving the defense the ball or the opposing team the ball. So um, going in there, I think it's going to be um, a lot of passing. Um, I don't. You know, th- there may be one running touchdown from a running back, but I, I think most of these these touchdowns are coming from pass plays um, that Ike is throwing down the field. That's just my personal opinion. It should be a good one. I can't wait. I think my bold prediction will be, I think Alton McCaskill has another 100-yard game, but I feel like Tayshawn Henry also has – um, over 100 yards, all-purpose yards. I, I, I think he's going to have over 50 rushing yards, over 50 receiving yards. And I, I think that one-two punch is going to be something that sticks out. And I think Dana um, Hogerson continues to use both of his running backs. And I, I think I think maybe we'll do a job and try to keep him away from Marcus Jones. But I, have a, I just have another feeling that if he gets the opportunity, he's going to take another one to the crib. So let's keep an eye on that. Um, you have any predictions for players of the game, whether it be offensively or defensively? Um, bold prediction. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know how bold it would be, but I, I definitely see a defensive score. Okay, um, okay. This, um, this going on with maybe whether it be a pick six or whether it be a fumble and, and, and scooping score. I think the defense is really going to set the tone for real. And, you know, it's, it's – is someone's going to take it back to the house on defense? Definitely. I think that that's a really good that's a really good one. I, if they can get Navy in those um, passing situations on third and long, I think and get them to pass the ball. I think potentially they can um, have that defensive turnover. And their opponents are averaging fifteen point three points per game, mm-hmm. and so they're averaging twenty points off of turnovers, and they have created turnovers in all of the games this far. So I think that's a good win. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Pod Slammer Jammer. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. 
And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, Dayan and Greg, on this episode. We look forward to having you back on our next episode, Pod Slamma Jamma, covering your University of Houston Cougars. And as always, go Cougs.